All right, folks, welcome to Talk and Shop. My name is Leo, and today I'm actually the only one here. You know why? Because I'm the man of the hour, the man with the power, too sweet to be sour. I know it sounds corny, but I had to say those lines. You know, also, Emily, you probably don't know this, but my body is made out of steel, 100% pure sex appeal. Some people like me for my looks, and some people like me for the zeros that I add onto their accounting books. Yes, folks, if you're saying, what the is this show all about? It is an e-commerce podcast. It is a business strategy podcast, and we're different. That's why I had to grab your attention. We are different. So welcome to Talking Shop. As I mentioned, my name is Leo, and usually I have Waldo right next to me, and I do a cheesy intro for him, and I can't do that today. He's on annual leave. The guy actually gets holidays. So, Waldo, if you're listening to this, man, I hope you're enjoying your annual leave. And today, it's a special, special day. Do you know why, Emily? Why is it a special day, Leo? <laughs> because today we are going to do a presentation that I did at a BNZ um, e-commerce event a couple of weeks ago, and I got a standing ovation. A standing ovation? I'm so sad I wasn't there to see it. I got a, I got a letter from the Prime Minister. Oh. Gary V even retweeted my presentation. I might be exaggerating, but it was good. I did get some people <laughs> say, hey, that was... I didn't see that tweet. <laughs> must have been a DM. <laughs> yeah, Gary V DMs me all the time. <laughs> Uh, but Emily, nice to have you back. Um, those that probably don't know, that last episode that played last week was probably, what, two and a half months ago? That we recorded it, yeah. yeah. I remember it was still sunny when I was driving to the studio <laughs> in the morning and now it's just torrential rain almost every single day. Welcome to winter. Welcome to winter. But uh, look, I'm not here to make announcements about what's happening with our podcast. That is going to happen next week, but a lot of things have changed, right? That is right. A lot of things. I can't, I can't say it just yet, but we'll wait. But anyway, today the episode is about a presentation that I put together, and it is about thinking about beyond 2021. Um, now, this is going to be a bit of fun because, it, like I said, it was a visual presentation, so now I'm going to try and do this visually and also going to try to do this for a podcast. So some of the slides I might have to explain what I'm talking about. So bear with me. This was done a couple of weeks ago, and I have forgotten about three quarters of what I said at that event, but as I mentioned... I was told it was very good, so we're going to try again today. So, Emily, tell me when we're ready and we'll get, get into it. Oh, we're ready. I think we are ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're good to go. Mm-hmm. You just let us know when it's uh, good for you. I'm taking a sip. Remember, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. Yeah, you're all going to hate that by the end of this. Okay, so look, my goal here today with this presentation is I want to motivate you guys to really start thinking beyond 2021. We've heard this from, you know, people at Shopify, like um, the president of Shopify, Harley, they're saying, we've moved forward 10 years with e-commerce. That's what COVID has done. And we keep saying the word e-commerce, but to be honest with you, it's honestly going to become commerce because the online shopping is becoming as natural and as normal as us walking into a physical store and doing our shopping that way. So we really need to be thinking beyond 2021. And that's what the slide says. So let's move on. Cool. I think most of you know who I am if you listen to this podcast, but if you didn't, uh, there's a beautiful picture of me. That's the next slide. It's just, I'm just gorgeous. Anyway, um, the main thing I want to say here is I've been around for about 15 years and have seen a lot of movement in this industry. And last year, as we mentioned with COVID, we saw a lot of people pivot and do very, very well. And what's going to happen over the next 10 years is absolutely just going to change everything that we're doing. As I mentioned, I've already said this 
that e-commerce is just going to become the norm. We're not going to use the word e-commerce, just commerce. So anyway, let's jump into it. Uh, I did a little bit of an introduction at the event. I'm not going to do that here in this podcast because you guys know who we are. Um, but if you want to know more about Zyber, check out the links below. So the next slide is my little story slide. And for those that are listening, it's a picture of myself doing jujitsu. And the reason I put this in here is because about a year ago, I was having a little bit of a midlife crisis. It's actually about two years ago. And I was like, man, I'm getting fat behind this desk and I've got to do something. And so I thought, what is something that I really enjoy, but I have never had the guts to do it? And now I was doing something like jiu-jitsu. I've done other martial arts in the past. And so I got into it and I absolutely loved it. I was hooked, hooked. And I started walking around the house about six months later, doing the old like chicken wing with my elbow or my shoulder, I should say. And my wife gave me one look and she said, there's something wrong with you, go see a specialist. I'm like, what are you talking about? She'll be fine, it's just a little bit sore. You know, and I just kept doing that little motion. Anyway, it started to become that I couldn't sleep on that shoulder. I couldn't even like reach to grab something. And I think it got to the stage where I was trying to lift up a kettle and pour myself a coffee and I couldn't do that. And I was like, ooh, I think there's something wrong with my right shoulder. And so what did I do? I finally went and saw a specialist eight months later after my wife told me to go see a specialist. Now, with that doctor, while I was with that doctor, and don't worry, I'm going to relate this back to business. He, uh, he did an x-ray first, and then he put me in an MRI machine. And he brought the x-rays up to me, and he said, um, how long have you had your collarbone broken for? And I said, doctor, you've got the wrong x-ray. We've been talking about my shoulder, not my collarbone. He said, no, I think you've got, a, got an issue here. So for those of you who have never seen a collarbone, you're watching this video, I'm going to show you this slide now. This is a picture of my actual collarbone, and it has been broken, and it's got a massive gap. So for those of you listening... The collarbone is sort of the one near your neck going towards your shoulder and it's broken towards the, the middle part and it's got a huge gap. And so what we discovered is that 20 years ago while I was playing rugby at high school, I, um, I just somehow broke my collarbone and guess what my attitude was back then? Yeah, she'll be right. So I didn't go see a specialist, I just kind of like got on with it. And then when I started jiu-jitsu and I started putting my body into different positions, into different strains, adding additional pressure that my body wasn't used to, it it caused even more damage by me tearing away all my ligaments and having to have surgery. And then I was out for like six to eight months, not able to do any physical activity. Now, how do I relate this back to business? Well, five, ten years ago, you might have got away by doing like a cookie-cutter e-commerce website and kind of going, nah, she'll be right, I don't really have to think about my digital strategy, or hey, who's the most junior person in my company? You can run my AdWords campaign. And so now we're getting to a stage where if this is your attitude, you're going to be left behind. Everybody's going to leapfrog you. You just can't do this. So the moral of the story is don't be a Leo and you know wait until it's completely broken before you go and see a specialist. And that is why we have to think beyond 2021. All right. So that's my little story about jiu-jitsu, broken bones, and relating it back to business. I so think I think the real moral of the story here is you should always listen to your wife. <laughs> 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 she listens to this podcast. She might get a big head. So, No, I don't agree. No, I do agree with that, actually. She was right from day one. Okay, let's move forward. Okay, so now what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you some statistics that have taken place in New Zealand in the year 2020, and this has been brought out by the New Zealand Post. Now, look, a lot of people on this podcast are listening to us globally, um, and then I'm going to have some global numbers after this. Okay, so let's get into these uh, stats. 64% of Kiwis have stated that COVID-19 has impacted their shopping habits. Absolutely. None of us like waiting two hours outside the supermarket to go in, to follow a single line, to go out, to, f- to remember you forgot something and go back into that line, right? We're not doing that. We're all buying online. 
online spend in New Zealand in 2020 was $5.8 billion, which is a big number. And what we do know, that was a growth of 25% from the year previous to that. So huge. We're all jumping online. 53 million online transactions, so that's up 17%. And a 30% rise in the online spend of people of the age of 60 plus. This is huge. Now, I'm not sure about you guys, but my mum used to text me the URL of the page that she was on and say to me, can you buy this? And I'd just be like, mum, you're right there. Add to cart, check out. But she didn't trust the system. She didn't trust e-commerce. Now that's completely changed. She's probably spending more than I do online, and that is something that we have to realise. There's a whole new demographic coming and buying online. Is that the same with you, Emily? Do you find that with your parents? My mum is buying so much useless (laughs) (laughs) these days. And, you know, it makes her happy, so I'm happy for her. But, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. So it, it just shows that other products that you probably thought you couldn't sell online because your demographic wasn't online, now they are. All right, so Kiwis who shopped online for the very first time, 306,000 people. So think about that. 306,000 people were the first time they ever shopped online. Now, to visually see that, What I did at the event is I took a picture of the Michigan Stadium with attendance of 100,000 people, and it looks like a jam-packed stadium, like you're talking Eden Park times two. And then I say, well, that's only 100,000, so you need to times that by three and sprinkle those other 6,000 people. And those were the brand-new eyeballs and wallets coming to your website, and that's just in New Zealand. Think about that on a global scale. How many new eyeballs were looking at your brand and at your website? So the question really to take away is, Is your brand aligned with your messaging? Have you got everything in place? Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? And, you know, a lot of people was like, no, no, I didn't realise, you know, the impact that COVID has had and how many new eyeballs were actually on my website. So consumer behaviour is changing and they have the ability now to price hunt, review and make decisions of buying a product or service faster than ever before. And so what is happening now is consumers are getting smarter Uh, and and what they want to do when it comes to online shopping. And so us merchants, we need to get smarter as well. So as as I mentioned before, here we go, consumers are getting smarter, more picky. They're getting more picky. I think Emily knows this as well because I'm very picky when when doing online shopping. And so now I'm going to dive into some challenges that are happening globally. And if people, if you know a good Hollywood movie, you know there's always an intro, then there's the villain. This is the villain part. I'm going to get into that part. And then we need a solution of how to overcome uh, these Uh, clients that are getting picky when buying online. So 30% of customers leave your website for every second they have to wait. We know this. Speed equals sales. Easy. 57% of shoppers will leave a slow-loading website to purchase from another competitor. I really dislike this statistic because this tells us they were ready to buy and they had some sort of friction before getting to the checkout. What is it on your website that's stopping them? Have you got some ridiculous way of asking for the address three times um, do you not have a buy now pay later system what is that friction you need to understand that and remove it okay 50 percent are less likely to buy if the checkout process takes longer than 30 seconds i'm one of these people one click checkout all the way 36 percent of consumers will not buy from your store if free shipping is not offered yes 
learn to give free shipping. Uh, there's a great meme where it says, uh, I think it's like $25 for the product, $5 for the shipping. No way. Then you say $30 for the product, free shipping. Yeah, I'll take that all day. So just remember that. Um, great techniques to, to help push sales. Okay, express shipping is essential. Now, I think if you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard us tell stories about a colleague of mine that dropped an iPhone in the toilet, bought it online, got it four hours later. I was like, holy cow. Well, that's becoming more and more reality here in New Zealand. Uh, you would have seen the ads now on TV with NZ Post saying they will do delivery uh, same day between 6 to 9 p.m. in certain cities. And we are working with a lot of merchants to do that. We are... Uh, you know, trying to get that what we call rapid dispatch of four hours out to uh, the prospect. And to tell you the truth, if they know that you've got a store in the same city that you're both in, they want that right away. Nobody wants to wait now for overnight. I told you they're getting picky. Okay, Auckland increased their online spending by 67% thanks to the buy now, pay later providers. So this is a positive um, statistic, but the people that don't have these sort of buy now, pay later on their website, you are missing out. Aucklanders went nuts, um, and we see it time and time again. It really does work. All right, so the message here is that we need to allow customers to shop the way they want. All right, we all have different ways of shopping. We all have different ways of discovering what we need, but we need to make sure that we have that all in place at the right time in the right place. So that, folks, is called omnichannel. So to allow customers to shop how they want, through the buyer's journey, you must make sure that we set up an omni-channel approach. We need to make sure that uh, your information is at the right place at the right time when someone is searching for a product or service that resolves their issue or question. So we've talked about long-tail keywords, you know, how do I clean my sneakers? And then they start realising they can buy multiple products and sneakers from your website at a later date. Um, when someone is searching for a product or service to resolve the issue or question, I already said that, seamless customer experience, whether the client is shopping online from a mobile device, a laptop, or from a brick-and-mortar store. Brands that deeply know their customers create a really good omni-channel experience. And what I mean by that is if you're going through a buyer's journey without knowing you're going through a buyer's journey and buy something, then that brand's done a really good job. Example, I'm surfing online on Instagram, I get hit with an ad, I'm like, hey, that's actually really interesting. I click on that, I start learning a little bit about it, maybe I forget, and then they bring me back with some remarketing ads, I show my wife, I buy it, and then a couple of days later it comes in and I look at it and go, why did I buy this? That was a really good experience because I had no hesitations and I went all the way through it. Now, usually I don't say that, then usually I'm like really happy that I bought something, but putting them through that buyer's journey, if they're never hesitating, you've done a really good job of telling the story. So omni-channel, there are a lot of people that will start the journey looking at their phones, later on will move to their desktop, um, and then they might find out that there's a store within their city. They will go into your store, and while in your store, they'll still have their phone out and looking at what the competitor or your competitor and pricing, and then they'll make a decision right there and then. So that's the importance of the omni-channel. Everything has to tell the story. Everything relates together. Users can find you from so many different avenues now that omni-channel has to be seamless. Um, I think I have some statistics on there. I'm not sure, Emily, can you scroll that down for me there? Beautiful. So almost half, 44% of B2C buyers and 58% of B2B buyers say they will always and often research a product online before going to a physical store. Even when in-store, they will still go online and continue the research. So that's what I was meaning before. So only when a customer has gathered as much information as possible from the variety of sources to support their purchase decision will they then decide to buy from you. So omni-channel, very important. 
Now, I've mentioned this a couple of times, the buyer's journey, so let's quickly go through it and discuss what there is. There are five steps. There's awareness, there's consideration, there's the decision stage, there's the retention stage, and then there's the advocacy stage. Uh, so let's just quickly go through these. All right, so the, um, so the five stages of the buyer journey. First one is awareness. So is your brand being noticed? Is it in the right place? Now, there's lots of places your brand can be, and I'm not going to go into all of that, but just some data that's coming out. The average person on YouTube spends 40 minutes per day. The average person on Instagram is 28 minutes per day. That's a lot of time. You know, is that where your brand should be? Should be in front of them, in front of them there? So have a good understanding where your marketing dollars are and where you should be putting them. Okay, the next stage, consideration. So how are you displaying content to help the prospect make a decision between you and somebody else, you know? Um, something that Zyber does, you know, we make it really easy for you to compare us to a competitor. And so with you, with your products, are you doing that? Uh, can I tell the difference between your small, medium, large product or your product versus a competitor? We um, do eBooks, um, which is really cool. We allow people to download eBooks, take away, have a read, you know, go and share it with their partner and then they can make an informed decision to go, hey, this is the right people for us. So do you have stuff that you can print out you know, give it to them at the store or, like I said before, something they can download and review in their own time. Some of you may have a YouTube channel or a podcast. Hey, we do that. We got a podcast and, my, you know, telling you what, we're getting more and more listeners and viewers every week and it's amazing the reach that we've had globally. So we know that this channel works for us very well. Okay, my next slide is ARVR, so augmented reality. For those of you that are listening, I've got this beautiful slide and it's showing this 3D model of a couch and what it would look like in someone's bedroom or sort of lounge. You can have a couch in your bedroom if you want, I guess. Um, so there's some great stats about ARVR now that it's been out for a little bit. So 40% of consumers say they would pay more for a product if they could customise it in AR. So if they can, you know, just, hey, I want this colour and I want this to go with it, boom, I'll pay more dollars for it. So I will take that on. One billion people worldwide are already using ARVR. So no longer is it just this taboo thing that nobody wants to talk about. It is legit. Um, yeah, so consumers engaging with ARVR have a 2.5% of... Two five, sorry, let me say that again. Consumers that are engaging with ARVR have a 2.5 times greater chance to convert them on your website because there's so much more invested and, you know, playing around with the product. So get into it. Have ARVR on your website. All right, let's look at the decision stage. So the decision stage is what objections might the consumer have that you can adequately handle right there and then. And we know this with e-commerce. There's a lot of things that we can do. So let's talk about the express shipping that we mentioned before. One of our partners has a big CTA call to action on their website that says, hey, if you're in Auckland, we will be delivering it today between 6 to 9 p.m. And if you click on that CTA, we take you to a whole page explaining how we're going to get it to you between 6 to 9 p.m. Be there. Uh, we'll drop it at the front door or sign for it, whatever. So that was really important. And doing that, we saw a spike in orders. And, of course, that helped with conversion rate. Everybody wants free shipping, right? Sometimes we don't want to give it to them. That's fine, but let's do something to educate them. So my next slide shows that a person has added one T-shirt to the Add to Cart, and a little pop-up's come up saying, hey, you're about $40 away for free shipping. So give them the option, you know? Maybe you want to give them free shipping right away. Sometimes you don't, but, you know, make them work for it. But there it is. It's there if you want it. Cool. Next, a lot of our um, partners do this, and it's great. We're giving them the, the option to buy in multiple ways. So we talked about the... Uh, buy now, pay later. 
but also subscription models. If you jump on a subscription model, you'll save 20% each time, each week, each month, however often you're, you're buying this product. So again, allow the user to shop the way they want. Now, I think we've talked about subscriptions in the past and it's something like 75% of stores are all going to have subscription uh, by 2023 or some crazy stats, so get on that. Live chats. I love live, live chats. So easy. And it's a great way just to finalise somebody having that final question. Hey, how fast can you get this to me? Hey, do you have a voucher? Is it a coupon code? Here it is. Go for it. Expires in five minutes. Whatever you need to do to get them over the line. Now, if you know me and you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I'm lazy and I've always talked about automation. So I love bots. Bots and live chats, you give them the rules of what they can and can't say or how they can help the end user and then you don't even need a human doing it, you know, lowering the overhead costs if you think that's a good move for your business, if that's how your brand wants to talk to your clients. Uh, But bots on live chat, great tool. Ooh, shop pay on Google. Now, I think, uh, Emily, you wrote a blog post on this. Uh, This is a big deal. It is indeed. What can you tell us? <laughs> Putting me on the spot, man. I wrote that. <laughs> uh, no, it basically means that um, for people searching something on Google, whether it's shoes or basketball jersey, the Google shopping results, now you'll be able to shop through ShopPay without even going through to the actual store. Correct. So on the search engine result page, in that carousel where that product is there, there's going to be a little buy button. You're going to hit that buy button. If you have ShopPay, it'll send you that six-digit code that automatically can fill in on your phone, and bang, that's it. You've checked out. So if I trust the brand, if I trust the store, I, I don't even need to go into your website. And so this relationship with Shopify and Google, it is huge. And this is part of that one-click checkout um, no way is this 30 seconds. You know, this is just one click. So uh, I love this relationship with Google. I'm looking forward to see what is going to happen. But again, we want to make sure that your website has some sort of tools to get them out the door faster, if it be Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, whatever. Um, so yeah, look at ways of streamlining your checkout. People that have like a one-click checkout, you've got a uh, two times greater chance of getting a conversion rate. So look into it i've heard i can't remember if this is true but i've heard that um this whole uh shop pay is also going to come out to facebook as well and so you can do like one click checkouts from facebook as well using this so i'm not sure if that's what you've read or wrote about it's already uh, isn't it already on instagram good to know all right moving on <laughs> i'm too busy doing these things okay now, I love this because I presented this at a... Um, now, for those of you who are listening, my next slide is a huge image of a Bitcoin. And I had to pause and look at the crowd and said, yeah, I probably shouldn't be talking about this at a bank event, but everyone laughed, and so we had a good chuckle. It's not a fad. Um, it's not a Ponzi scheme. Some of them, you may think it is. Maybe some of those weird coins are. But 3.3 million Australians already have between 5000 to 10000 dollars in cryptocurrency sitting in their crypto wallet and they're using it to buy online so here's another option to make sure that your e-commerce has the ability to allow them to check out using cryptocurrency waldo and i did a episode about crypto um so take a you know go back and listen to that one and just find out about the different types of payment providers that can accept crypto through a checkout store um yeah huge I'm quite passionate about crypto. Maybe we'll do another crypto episode, Emily. You loved the last one, didn't you? 
Well, you know, if, if our listeners are subscribed, we might just have a really exciting cryptocurrency episode coming right up. Oh, well, we can't reveal all that in this no, episode. That's next week. But yes, yes, Very yes, yes. Soon. Looking forward to it. All right. Retention is the next step in the buyer's journey. So great. You got them. Now don't stuff it up. Don't stuff it up. So what do we got to do to look after them? So if you know this, 70% of people open the confirmation email when they first order from you. Like, do something with that email. I've seen a lot of you, what you've done with the just the standard Shopify email. You haven't done jack. Do something. Put in there another coupon code. Put in there to refer a friend. Tell them about the VIP program you've got and get them to join. Tell them to join your Facebook page. Do something with it. It is prime real estate space. Um, cool, let's move on. We had Bonjoro on uh, a couple of weeks ago on this podcast. It is a personalized... Um, tool to send videos when clients make either their first purchase with you or their 10th purchase. But it's a really nice way to send a message to say, hey, we freaking love you. Come back and buy again. And we're seeing some really good results. So retention, think about personalized videos. We've had Gorgeous on and Gorgeous have sponsored the podcast before. Thank you, Gorgeous. Gorgeous is a great way to automate all your ticketing um, emails that are coming through. Anything like, where's my order at? How do I return this? They have systems in place with AI that can actually reply back without you having to do anything. Think about that. They say about 40% of the emails can be automated. Think about how much overheads you can save because now you have a staff member that's got 40% more free time to go and do something that's probably something better that you can use them for. Um, so automation and retention go hand in hand there. Segmentation. <sighs> how many of you are using Clavio? That's a whole episode there. You got something you want to say there, Emily, about Clavio? No, I thought you were going to ask me a question <laughs> about it, so I was getting ready. <laughs> so, well, I mean, segmentation, I mean, do you want an email from Rebel Sports to tell you that there's, like, men's shorts for swimming 50% off? No, probably not. Yeah, and I don't want ones about yoga pants for females at 50% off, but if you're sending me an email that is specific to the interest that you know about me, if it's golf, if it's, you know, jiu-jitsu or how to repair my shoulder, then I'm going to read that email. Uh, so segmentation is really important for you guys to understand where to get those data points, what tools you can use to start segmenting your audience, and we've seen it time and time again that when you do have that nailed down, you've got such a good engagement and they're going to love you for it because, you know, do you have time to read emails? Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. It really depends on when you send it to me, how catchy that title is, and what is the content inside if I'm going to read it. Whew. All right, that was segmentation. What else we got here? So the last stage is advocacy, which really means when they love you, they'll stand on top of the hill and scream out your brand. They'll tell all their friends to go and buy it from you. And so one thing that we've noticed is loyalty and reward points. So I'm going to read you a stat. As many as 84% of consumers say that they're more likely to stick with a brand that offers a loyalty program. This is the one I love. And 66% of customers say the ability to earn rewards actually changes their spending behavior. So we're coming into gamification here. But isn't that crazy? They know like, oh, whatever, I'll spend another 20 bucks because I want those extra couple of points. Hey, if that's what people are doing, then I'm all for it. So think of ways that you can really keep people... Um, you know, shouting out your brand and staying with you. As I mentioned, we have a VIP group in our shop. Uh, sorry, in our Facebook group, we have one that's for 
many merchants and then we have one that's just for VIPs. They're the ones that are really engaged with us. Um, they're doing very well overseas in New Zealand. And so we have them in a separate group and, you know, we, we might have dinners with them, etc. And we do that for a reason. So find ways of what you can do with your clients. A lot of people do have... Um, you know, VIP clients that they send out specific products that they haven't released yet because they want their feedback and they know they're going to get really good feedback from these clients because they love their products. And once they have that, then they roll it out to everybody. Cool. So we're coming to the end, folks. Imagine that. Leo's been talking far too much. So we need to remember about the omni-channel. Remember that you need to have the right information at the right place depending where the consumer is in their own buyer's journey. And we need to make sure that they are ready to buy. And when they do so, there is a 0% friction in stopping them from buying. So we want to make sure it is a smooth ride getting out of there. Your homework for tonight, since you've been listening to this podcast, is I want you to go home. Probably you already are, or maybe you're in the car. I want you to think of that five stage of the buyer's journey. And do you think you have all the appropriate material, content, whatever it is that you need through those five stages? And if it isn't, get onto it. Um, but yeah, once once you nail those, you'll see it become easier and easier to attract more and more clients. Conclusion. What is a conclusion? Well, really, it's don't wait until your business is truly broken, like my old collarbone, like my shoulder, uh, because that took me, you know, like I said, I was, I was out for a long time. And I've seen this now with businesses, you know, the ones that are not adapting are struggling. We're living in an amazing time where businesses can now enter and scale faster than ever before. And this is something I forgot to say. The competition is no, no longer just down the road. It's not just Bob down the road that's your main competitor. It's all the Bobs in this industry globally that can now come in into your space and start taking brand awareness away from you, can t- start taking shelf space away from you and of course can start taking clients away from you so we live in a borderless world of commerce you need to remember that so uh yeah have a think on that one anyway we're seeing brands that have adapted and leapfrogged their competition by successfully working in all their sales channels and have a well-defined omni-channel brands that are succeeding to understand the incredible empathy their consumers have towards their brands throughout the buyer's journeys are the ones that are winning at the end of the day, it's real exciting times here in 2021, but we have to think beyond 2021. And that, folks, is my little rant. Anything you want to say, Emily? Uh, beautiful rant. Thank you. It was very insightful. Um, I would say perhaps should we go back a bit and if you know people are listening to this and they think, okay, good point, I haven't thought about all of this, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I have been doing a cookie-cutter approach or I haven't paid enough attention to my strategy, where should they start? Whew. We should have talked about these questions beforehand. Now you're putting <laughs> me on the spot. Where should they start? Well, I think really they need to look inwards and see what is it that they are providing, what is the solution that they're solving, mm-hmm. um, what is their unique selling point, and from that try and figure out who is their right demographic and that's why we always do things around personas and making Mm -hmm. sure they're targeting the right people and uh, then they need to start experimenting Mm -hmm. now if they have the knowledge to go out there and put money into social media and google ads and all that then awesome do it if not they need to go see a specialist like leo didn't do with the shoulder pains um and yeah they just need to grow from there and keep trialing trialing Mm -hmm. but i guess my point is 
you've kind of been lucky in the last five, ten, ten years to wing it, but I think we're getting into a stage now where you just can't. Mm-hmm. You're just going to be left behind. Perfect. Yeah, I would say, yeah, look in, try out everything. What is your customer journey? What does it look like if you're coming from Google, adding a product to the cart, test it on mobile, look at your data, look at your Google Analytics. If you've got a page that people are just leaving from or there's a page that's converting more than, than the others, what is that page doing that the other ones aren't? You know, have a look at everything and just go back to the start test everything try if it doesn't work doesn't work just keep trying um and yeah yeah you, you absolutely nailed it and just remember data is your mm-hmm. friend don't be scared to have a look into analytics again if that's not your expertise and you don't want to be there because you're a business owner you're doing so much get somebody else to take a look i think uh, the other day emily we found a client that had over 14 15, people in 30 days land on one page which was a calculator to work out how much food uh, you should buy for your dog mm. but after that they would just leave yeah because there wasn't any CTA to yeah. say, hey, next step, start adding that to your to your cart or what type of dog have you got to start yeah. that personalization. And they were just baffled. And the thing is, they were a huge company, but no one had ever looked at this data. So, yeah, start where you can, do what you can do, see a specialist, mm-hmm. get help if needed. Um, listen to podcasts. Listen to this podcast because <laughs> you got the man of the hour. Anyway, I won't say it again. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so next week, tune in. We don't want to give away too much, but there's a lot of big announcements. Uh, you may have seen that the, the scene looks a little bit different. I'm not going to say anything. Um, you, you might realize now that Emily has a mic, but we're going to reveal it all next week. We yeah. are next week. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> That changes my timelines. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, In that, I'm going to say goodbye. Next week, Waldo will be here. If you missed him, fair enough. Uh, But thank you for listening and see you soon. Thanks, everybody.